0: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Hello, it is Les here and I... I honestly can't remember the last time I did a solo podcast episode. We've been on such a roll doing our interviews and featuring so many incredible guests that it hasn't been just me in a while. So I figured it might be a good time for me to hop on to give you a bit of a life update and to just chat you and I for the day. So, As I'm recording this, it is still pretty early in 2020, and my 2020 has gotten off to kind of an interesting start. My 2019 ended on a sad note, and that is because a few days after Christmas, uh, my grandmother passed away, and... It was kind of the second time that that had happened within a year. I don't know if you remember from previous episodes, I've shared about it a little bit, but in late 2018, shortly before Thanksgiving, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side passed away. And then in 2019, a few days after Christmas, uh, my grandmother on my dad's side passed away. And both of those losses have been really big for me. But this most recent one, I think was even more impactful just because with my granny, who is my grandmother on my dad's side, I was a lot closer with her and did have a stronger and more personal relationship with her. It's something that has really... Hit me hard. And I don't necessarily mean to start the episode off on a sad note and it won't stay sad, but I do want to be honest with you all about where my head is at because that happening has definitely impacted Balanced Black Girl and it has impacted what I have put out and it has definitely impacted how I have began my 2020 and just where my priorities lie. So In kind of the grieving process, I have really started reflecting on how I spend my time and where I spend my time and what is important to me. And it just became really clear to me that I don't spend enough time really loving on my people. Normally, when it's a new year, I am all about goals. I am all about what do I want to accomplish? I'm all about business. I'm all about numbers. I'm all about vision and detailed lists and all that other BS. And this year, I just, I didn't care. I was like, you know what? I don't care. None of that matters. Not saying that none of it matters at all, but to me, where my headspace was at, none of that mattered to me. Having a 2020 vision didn't matter to me. Having detailed goals for the year didn't matter to me. And I've had a lot of people reach out and say, well, hey, Les, can you talk about your goal setting for 2020? Can you talk about how you go about building a vision? And honestly, y'all, I'm not really talking about that because I currently don't have a whole lot to say about it. I realized that for so long, I was so caught up in goals and checking things off of lists that I felt like I was not spending enough time with the people who mattered most. And I hate that it is a really sad situation that had to bring me to that realization. But you know, as humans, we're often hard headed creatures, and that's what it is. So I really haven't created New Year content and visions and all of that stuff. And I I don't really have much advice to give about it, because right now, that's just not really where my priority is. The journaling challenge has been something a little bit different. It's something that I have enjoyed doing right along with you because it's more so about just getting really clear on where our hearts and our minds are and less about checking off lists and building strategies for how we want to take off the year. It's more about reflecting and living. And that is kind of where I'm at. So I'm sorry to disappoint if you were hoping to have some more kind of robust goal setting content (laughs) from me this year. But just as I've been really hurting and grieving and healing, it's just not really where my mind or where my heart is at. But I'm sure that there's so much great information out there. I wish I could think of some off the top of my head, but right now I'm kind of blanking. (laughs) that can help you with that. But for me, I'm just really focused on people. And really my only goal for 2020 is to be really intentional with how I spend my time, intentional with who I spend my time with, and doing more out of sheer love. Because my granny did so much out of love, and she was constantly pouring into the people around her. All she did was love people and do things out of love. And I can't think of a better way to honor her than by doing the same and being really intentional about being more loving to people around me. So as far as 2020 vision building, that's kind of all I've got. And that's been where I've been as 2019 wrapped up and as I moved into 2020. So The next topic that I got a lot of questions about (laughs) and that people want to know about is the move. So if you weren't yet aware, I moved from the Pacific Northwest to Southern California and it has been a really big transition, but overall a super positive one. And I have to say that I have been really, really happy with my decision to move. And I wish I could tell y'all that it was like a super hard decision, that I went back and forth about it, or, you know, that it was just really challenging. And to be honest, I just didn't really feel that way. I was so ready to get out of the Pacific Northwest. I was so ready to be in a new environment that it just felt like the right thing to do. And I had very little hesitation. In fact, kind of speaking a little bit more about my family situation, the only hesitation I had or the only amount of sadness that I had leaving the Pacific Northwest was surrounding my granny and knowing that she would be so worried that I was so far because she was. And before I moved, I had stopped at her house to just visit with her again before I'd hit the road to drive down to California. And leaving her house was the only time I got emotional about leaving the Pacific Northwest because I knew that she was getting older. I knew she wasn't doing so well. And that was kind of the only part of leaving the Pacific Northwest that was hard. But other than that, It really has been a smooth transition. I think I have a lot of people in the audience who are curious about what it looks like when you move to a brand new place and how it feels to build community and to start all over. A lot of people looking for advice when it comes to that. And I can share with you my experience in that so far, but I think everyone's situation is a little bit different. So like I said, y'all, I was beyond ready to leave where I was at. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, was born and raised there, and while there are aspects of it that I love, and by aspects, I mean a lot of people that I love are there, my daily life was just not something that I loved. The opportunities that were available to me there were not something that I loved. The general population of people there, I didn't love the activities and places to go and things to do and places to see were not things that I loved. And my daily life, my daily routine, I just felt really needed to change. So at the very beginning of 2019, I was working with my friend Claire, who is an amazing professional organizer. She had come to my house and I had hired her for some organization projects. And I told her, you know, I want to leave. I don't want to be in Seattle anymore. And I want 2019 to be the year that I go. And I spoke that intention out loud. I didn't really have a plan for how that was going to work or what was going to happen. At the time, I was working at a really challenging job that was paying me literally a below livable wage. And so financially moving seemed not feasible whatsoever. I didn't know how I was going to make it work, but I knew that I set the intention right then and there that 2019 was going to be the year that it happened. And I talked about it often as if it was so. I talked to the people close to me and said, hey, I'm moving in a couple of months. I set the intention uh, with my landlord, with my roommates that I lived with at the time of, hey, I'm not going to be living here anymore, even though I didn't necessarily have a plan. Now, that does not mean move somewhere without a plan, but that means if you want to do something, set an intention and make it happen. So eventually a plan did come to fruition that made it all possible. So the first part of that plan was I got a new job. Now, I didn't get a job that was in my new location. However, I got a job where I was able to work full-time remote. So I was working that job when I was still in Seattle and I was able to take it with me when I relocated because I was already away from headquarters and it was pretty easy to pick up and move. And I also sought out a job where I knew I could be making enough to be able to save a bit in the time it took leading up to me leaving and where I could afford the cost of living to where I wanted to go. So that was kind of the first big step. second step that made moving possible for me was... Reconnecting with a friend of mine from college who lived in the city that I wanted to live in, happened to be looking for a roommate, and it worked out timing wise that I was able to move into her apartment. That when I did the math, I was able to make it work in my budget, and it all worked out. And for me, that was one of the most powerful things that I feel I was able to manifest in 2019 of just setting the intention, being unapologetic about it, not being dumb about it. Like I said, y'all, I had a place and I had a a well-paying job by the time it came time to make the move, even though I didn't have those things when I had the intention. So again, I'm not telling you to be reckless, but set an intention and see it through. You might be surprised at what can happen. So that is how my move was possible. I've gotten a lot of questions about my biggest takeaway, moving away from all the people I knew and starting and creating community in a new place. And I will say, I haven't necessarily felt like this has been a huge struggle. Now, with that, I will give you a couple of caveats. One, I have not (laughs) built a new community in my new place. I have not whatsoever. I spend a lot of time still trying to meet people, a lot of time trying to figure things out. However, I spent 30 years, 30 straight years in one place and have spent a handful of months in a new place. So I do not expect myself or anyone else to be able to build a community that it truly took me 30 years to build in just a few months and if you are planning a move or if you have newly relocated somewhere you can't expect the same of yourself either community has to build slowly and you have to cut yourself some slack so for me I'm in chill mode. I am doing things that I want to do. I'm going to events that interest me. I am taking workout classes. I am leaving myself open to building community and putting myself in a position to build community. And community is slowly coming, but I'm not beating myself up for not having as many friends in my new city as I had in my old one, because it's really, really hard to do that. I will also say, just as a caveat, like I am a big introvert. I'm an introvert. I love my alone time. Even though I love human connection, I don't necessarily need a ton of it to feel okay. So if you are someone who maybe needs a bit more connection, that might be a little bit harder for you. Doesn't mean don't do it. It doesn't mean don't move. It doesn't mean don't try new things. But if you know yourself and you know that you need connection a little bit more, then maybe you should put yourself out there a little bit more. But for someone like me, I'm kind of okay doing my own thing for a while and it's okay for me to build community slowly. So that is why I'm still definitely in the process of building community. My best advice to do so is to just get out of the house and do as much out of the house as you can to be around people, attend events, attend things that you're interested in because the other people who will be there will be interested in those things too and would be a good candidate to be friends with. I also, when I go to events... I like to make it a goal to just make one new friend and I will say of the handful of friends that I have made so far in California, that has been the case. Most of the events that I've gone to, I've left with like one solid connection that I then follow up with and have made in touch with and you know have started forming friendships with. So don't feel like you have to work all the time and put that pressure on yourself. Get out of the house, meet one person at a time and give yourself some grace in building community because building community takes time and understand that anytime you have a big transition in life, there's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be some loneliness. Those things are natural. And I think you really have to go back to your why you are making that transition and if that discomfort is worth it to you. Because for some people, that discomfort may not be worth it. I know for me, being in a new environment where I feel like there's more available to me that I'm interested in, where the weather is way better, where there's a more diverse population, for me, those things make it worth going outside of my comfort zone for. But you have to look at what works for you and what is worth leaving your comfort zone. So the next question or topic that I got submitted about what folks would love to hear my thoughts on is around feeling stuck. I think feeling stuck can happen in so many areas of life, whether we feel stuck at work, whether we feel stuck in our relationships, whether we just feel like we're stuck in a daily rut and we don't know what it is. And the times that I have felt stuck and I felt like I've been able to kind of move past feeling stuck is to change something, to change anything. And it can be literally just the smallest thing. But as long as you do something to change your daily routine or that rut that you're in, it becomes a chain reaction that can help you get out of your rut. So whether that is literally changing what time you wake up in the morning, changing the tone of your alarm, maybe taking a different route to work to just see something new, literally like trying a new recipe, buying one new ingredient at the grocery store, change anything, no matter how small the change may be, you can gain a new perspective or you can move a different route that can start to help moving you in a different direction. And that can be so helpful because when we get stuck in a rut, sometimes it can feel really overwhelming to revamp a whole new routine or to feel like we have to change everything about our lives. But you don't. No matter what you're stuck in, you can change literally one thing. Truly, something as small as trying one new ingredient at the grocery store that you've never tried can take you down an aisle in the grocery store that you've never been in where you could meet anybody, where you could have anything happen. And even that one thing that happens or that one meeting you have or like that one new vegetable you try can just open up a whole new world. No change is too small if you're stuck in a rut. And I know I sound dramatic right now. I am a little bit dramatic if you haven't gotten that yet. (laughs) Nice to meet you. But literally, even the smallest change can help redirect you. It can help you feel unstuck. So I had someone else request that I talk about the single life. And yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to talk about there. I'm still single. I don't really talk about my personal life a ton in that regard. And I don't think I will in terms of details, like specific details. But I've been single for a minute. It's been about three years has been it's been a long 3 years. I would love to be not single anymore. I would love companionship, but I would really love the right companionship and the right companion and I have done a lot of work to get really clear on those things that I want and I feel like I finally am clear on those qualities that I would really want in companionship and now it's just a matter of continuing to live my life, improve and love on myself, and put myself in situations where hopefully I can cross paths with that right companion. But, you know... <laughs> The single life is what it is. I wouldn't necessarily say it's super exciting, but I personally am someone who would rather have the right companionship than any companionship. However, I don't judge people who just kind of want someone around. Honestly, I really don't. I think we all have to kind of do what's right for us. And I think it's okay too. Maybe if you're living the single life and it's not a positive experience, it's okay to be honest about that. But I do think that kind of like I was saying before, when it comes to change and getting out of a rut and Changing just anything. I think if your romantic relationships are an area of life that you aren't happy with, then like literally change any one little thing about your routine or about what you're doing you would probably be really amazed at the redirection that you have. And I will say for me, when it comes to the single life, I am feeling some tension between like being in a new city, loving all the space and time that I have for myself, but also still feeling ready and longing for committed partnership. It's kind of a constant tension that I go back and forth with, where one day I'll feel like, man, I'm really longing for that. I would really love that. And some days I'm just like doing my own thing. I have all of this time. My day is just mine. And I'm like, man, I love that too. And if I am in a committed partnership, I won't have that anymore. And am I ready to give that up? And it is this constant dance between the two. I think for me, having someone who really respects that and honors my need for space is what's going to be crucial for me because I do don't see myself just never wanting space. It is so important to me, but you know, it's totally one of those things where all things happen in divine timing. However, speaking of divine timing, I will say that with all of the personal and spiritual work that I have done over the past few years, especially over the past year, which you got to hear a little bit about in the Wholehearted Woman episode with my life coach, Sharin Eskandani, I have done a lot. Your girl has like been cracking herself open and mending everything back together, okay? So my future partner, King, whoever he is, also needs to be walking on a journey because we we don't have time for unhealed people. So if you are also on your healing journey, it is okay to be unapologetic about wanting to be with someone who is also walking the walk. I just want to throw that out there because it was just on my heart to say, So I had someone else ask about my top books of 2019, which is a great question. My top five books of 2019, I actually have six. I have my top five books and then I have kind of an honorable mention because one of the books I started reading in 2018 and finished in 2019. So I feel like it doesn't fully count, but you know, I'm going to mention it anyway. So my top five books of 2019 in no particular order, but these are just books that I really loved. Uh, this one that I the first one I'm going to mention is an older book. I think it maybe came out in like 2006 or 2007, but it is Gifts of Imperfection by Renee Brown. Great read if you are someone who struggles a lot with perfectionism and struggles with self-compassion. That book is just such a good reminder of why it is so important to have grace and compassion with ourselves. And I definitely recommend it. It's a short, quick read, but it's a really, really great one. The next book that I really liked that had a huge impact on me in 2019 was actually The Game of Desire by Shan Boudram, kind of talking about what we were just talking about with uh, The Single Life. And if you haven't yet already, I definitely recommend listening to our episode that we did with Shan called Taking Control of Your Dating Experience because she just shared a lot of really great information there about dating, sex, intimacy. But I will say I really credit that book with helping me have a lot more positive mindset when it comes to dating and with helping me feel a lot more in control of that area of my life. I feel like beforehand, I definitely had kind of a victim mindset where I just kind of felt sorry for myself. I felt like I was just kind of at the mercy of going for whoever. (laughs) Whoever kind of gave me the time of day was really unhappy with what my options were. And that book really, really challenged me to step into my power a bit and to be a bit more forward and to really you know, not to sound too cheeky and name it after the episode, but really take control of that area of my life. And although obviously I have not yet, at the time that this is being recorded, you know, have a special situation with a special someone, I will say. Since reading that book, my dating experiences have been so much more positive and just my mindset about that whole area of my life has been much more positive. So definitely recommend The Game of Desire, whether you are single, partnered, whatever. It's a really good read. The next book in 2019 that I really loved was The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. This one is also an older book, but when I tell y'all, it really just like changed my mindset in all areas. changed my mindset. So the four agreements is about kind of four principles that we should apply to our lives. And those four principles are, oh my goodness, I hope I don't mess up the order, but be impeccable with your word don't make assumptions, don't take anything personally and always do your best. And I will say, you know, the three, the latter three of those don't make assumptions, don't take anything personally and always do your best. When I read the content around those agreements in particular changed my life, especially the don't take anything personally. Ooh, learning how to not take things personally. When I tell y'all this is not weight or body related at all, but the weight that I lost just in terms of caring about what other people thought, or caring about if people were like throwing shade, making assumptions that things were about me, making assumptions that other people's attitudes were about me. Literally, reading that book was like a light switch that helped me just totally change that behavior and learning how to not take things personally and to not make assumptions about other people, y'all. When I tell you it changed the game it was huge so i definitely recommend reading the four agreements if you have not yet it's a super quick read it's like 100 pages but it's so so good the next one and this is a balanced black girl book club pick from last year was eloquent rage by Brittany cooper so eloquent rage is a book that is about the black woman's experience in america and all of the reasons that we are justified in feeling rage with how we're treated in society and with our experience Experiences in society, but how we always have to be eloquent in that rage because we're not always allowed the full range of expression to really express ourselves. And that book helped me feel seen in ways that I never felt seen. It helped me feel connected to just. Black women at large in terms of sisterhood and the experiences that we share and go through. Uh, The book club discussion that we had in Seattle last year was just fantastic around it. And I cannot recommend Eloquent Rage enough if you have not yet read it or if you didn't read it along with us. It is such a great book. Uh, Brittany Cooper's work is fantastic, and I definitely recommend giving it a read. And then my fifth top book of 2019 was another book club pick from Balanced Black Girl Book Club, More Than, Enough by Elaine Walteroth. I've been a big Elaine Walteroth fan for a really long time and I just really loved seeing her story and I think that More Than Enough was just such a good depiction of a coming-of-age story. You got to hear about her challenges and some of her missteps and some of the ways that she has overcome. And again, kind of like Eloquent Rage, just feeling so seen and feeling like I could relate to so many parts of her story. And I just really loved that behind the scenes look at her life. So also, if you have not read More Than Enough, can't recommend that one enough as well. It's a great read. And then my sixth honorable mention book of 2019, which I feel like doesn't fully count because I started reading this book in 2018 was, of course, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Also mainly because it led to our private book club that we had with Michelle Obama when she visited the Seattle area last spring. So I just got to give that one an honorable mention because getting to talk to her herself in person, like sitting right next to me about it was just the craziest experience. I'll never get over it. I'm sorry if you're sick of me talking about it, but it's probably still going to come up from time to time. So I have to give Becoming an honorable mention. I also really am enjoying the Becoming Inspired journal with some of the prompts uh, that have reflection questions based off of the book as well. So if you're looking for another great journal after the journaling challenge, the Becoming journal is a really great one. So. The next question that I had submitted was about how to create a solid meditation routine. And this is something that I'm really appreciative of because in 2019, I really stepped my meditation game up. And it is something that I'm very appreciative of because I could really feel its impact on my life. And so I would love to share that tool with as many people as possible. And friend, because you're listening, I'm going to share it with you. So how to commit to a daily routine of meditation. I mean, first off, I will say I don't meditate every single day. I will say I probably meditate on average five to six days a week. And then, you know, maybe one day a week, I just kind of let myself rest. Uh, But sometimes I'll go on a good streak Well, I'll go and I'll meditate for three, four weeks straight. I have done that in the past year and it's great. I just kind of go along with how I'm feeling. I will say the things that have helped me commit to meditating more often are one, following along with guided meditations. So I am not yet at a point where I feel like I fully reap the benefits of meditation if I just sit and don't have any sort of guided meditation to listen to. I'm just personally not there yet. I find that guided meditations are just a lot more enjoyable for me. So some of my favorite guided meditation apps to use are the Calm app is a good one. I do have a subscription to that app where they have the daily Calm meditations that I often share to my Instagram story. Another newer app that I also really like for meditations is called the Liberate app. And the Liberate app is actually specifically for people of color and it has meditations that are more specifically geared towards us, towards our experiences. So I would say those two apps are great places to start for guided meditations uh, because using guided meditations has helped me a lot. And I will make sure that those are both linked in the show notes so that you can check them out if you have not yet already. The next thing that really helped me is I built it into my morning routine. I mean, I've talked about being a morning person before, and it's totally cool if you're not. There's other times that you can meditate if that works better for you. But I find that for me, I really like doing it in the morning because it just adds a sense of peace to my day straight from the beginning. I feel like I'm doing something good for myself before I can kind of let anyone else stress me out, before I can let anything else stress me out knowing that I have this kind of centering point that I started my day off of has really helped. And I just find that for me, doing things in the morning is how I remain most consistent. And honestly, in my earlier days of fitness, I felt the same way about exercise. But if there is a specific time of day that you feel maybe you can be more consistent at, try it out and see how that works for you. But a morning practice has definitely helped me. And the other thing that has helped me be a lot more consistent with meditating and also that has helped my meditations be a lot more effective is that I created a space to do it. So I posted on Instagram stories here and there uh, my little meditation space that I created in my bedroom where I have a cushion, I have a diffuser, some plants around, and normally that is where I will go do my guided meditations in the morning. You do not necessarily have to go like buy something expensive and have a whole fancy space. But before I was doing that, I used to meditate laying in my bed and about half the time I would actually meditate and the other half the time I would kind of fall back asleep. So having an actual space that I enjoyed being in that was comfortable, but not so comfortable like my bed helped me be a lot more intentional about my meditations because I really like sitting in that space. It made me want to sit there and meditate. But it also wasn't so comfortable like a bed where I found myself dozing off and falling back asleep. And I found that I started having a lot more meaningful meditation sessions. So even if you don't necessarily have a full space that you can devote to it, even if it's just a corner, you don't have to get a fancy pillow. You can use whatever you have. But I think creating a space that you really love and having things that you love in that space to make you feel good can help you commit to a practice. And honestly, that's how it is with any habit that you're trying to do, right? Like wearing workout clothes that you enjoy, that you feel good in, makes you more likely to do it. Or eating food that you actually like, that tastes good, makes you more likely to eat it. Like you need to make it an enjoyable experience. I'll also say, even though I said that adding meditation to my morning routine helped me make it a daily practice, and that is true, yes, I have also found that I started branching out and started doing it at other times as well. So I will often do some evening meditations if I feel like I've had a stressful day. Sometimes in the middle of the workday, I will take a little break and give myself meditation breaks. I really need to calm and recenter myself. And even recently I was traveling and I was super stressed out because I had a really tight travel schedule and I knew like as soon as I got off the plane I was going to be rushing from thing to thing. I turned on my app and did a meditation that I had already downloaded and was meditating on the plane just put in some headphones, did some deep breathing and meditated there. So Even if you can't necessarily stick to your same routine, don't be afraid to take in that meditation or use that tool when you need it because that's when it's really going to be most beneficial to you. All right, so the next topic that I got was about seasonal depression and asking for kind of tips and tricks for combating seasonal depression. And I will say, first and foremost, I am not a therapist and I definitely encourage you if you do feel like you are experiencing depression to please, please reach out to someone in your area who is a mental health professional. I have definitely gotten the winter blues. Again, this is a big part of my reason why I wanted to leave the Pacific Northwest. I will say this year, now being in a sunny place, I feel a lot better. So there's a lot of realness to that. However, when I did not live in a sunny climate, there were definitely some tips and tricks that I would use to help myself feel better during those winter blues. And the first is to not stay in the house all the time. I know when it is cold, when it is dark, when it is gloomy, it is so tempting to just stay in the house, to not leave. I get it. But y'all, at least for me, that made me feel so much worse. (laughs) It made me feel so much worse so during the winter when things would be pretty brutal that is when I would make plans any excuse to leave the house and obviously you know your girl doesn't like cold so I'm not going to be out trekking in the snow but I would just make plans to get out of the house go to someone else's house go do indoor activities I would try to keep my social calendar just as booked during the winter as it is during the summer so that anything that I was missing sunlight wise I was at least getting human interaction wise and if you are Maybe in a new city and you're also dealing with this and you don't necessarily have a community or a circle built up yet That is when it's time to hit those events and to keep yourself busy But if you isolate yourself and stay in the house all the time, I find that it is that much worse Also, if your feelings are very, very strong in terms of just really having the winter blues, it could be helpful to talk to your doctor, see if your vitamin D levels need to get checked and working with a medical professional to supplement if that is something that, again, a medical professional says that you need to do, because that is also a very real thing as well. And the next topic that I had submitted was talking about manifestation, you know, one thing that I'm really grateful for the year 2019 is I feel like it's truly the year that I really stepped into my own manifestation power. I don't necessarily get as woo woo on the show as I would like to. And that's something that I think in the future is going to be changing. And, you know, after this, we can kind of talk about what's next for Balanced Black Girl in 2020. But I, over the past year, have just had a lot of really incredible experiences with manifestation. And A lot of them are things that we talked about on this episode, you know, moving. That was a really big dream and manifestation of mine that started with setting an intention, with preparing myself to do it, and with allowing those blessings to come my way to make it so. So many trips that I got to go on. Essence Fest, when I went to Essence Fest last year, was completely a manifested opportunity. Meeting Michelle Obama was a completely manifested opportunity. And I do not share these things to brag whatsoever because y'all... Also, 2017 through 2019 were also very challenging years for me where I felt like I hit rock bottom and had to rebuild. So trust me when I say like, I'm not saying these things to be like, my life is so great. Here I am. I'm bragging. I have everything together. However, the past year, there were just so many examples in my own life where I really could feel myself stepping into my manifestation power. So I will say at a high level, what has really helped me kind of unleash my ability to manifest is first identifying a need or a want. So what is it that I am seeking? And oftentimes, if we are in a space where we feel unhappy, where something feels off, it can be really hard to identify that need. Like we know we're not happy, but we don't know why we're not happy. We know something is off, but we don't know why something is off. And we really have to learn to identify what is that need, what is that want that's going to make us feel better because we don't know what to manifest or what to solve or what to change in our lives if we can't identify what's bothering us or what we would need to feel better. So the first thing I found was identifying a need and identifying a want, right? I am sick of my environment living in the Pacific Northwest, and I want to live in Southern California because Southern California offers me these things that I can't get anywhere else. That was the intention I set as an example. The next thing is once you get clear on what it is you're trying to manifest, it's really important to do the work to prepare yourself to receive what you're asking for. Oftentimes, we ask for blessings that we are not ready to receive, where if that blessing that we want so bad knocked on our door right now are you able to act on it? Are you able to receive it? So once you put that intention out there of what it is you want to manifest, of what that blessing is that you want to receive, you have to prepare yourself to receive it. Manifestation isn't necessarily one of those things where we just say we want something and it magically appears. Those things appear when we are ready to receive them. So make sure that you are in a place to receive that blessing that you're looking for. If you want to be blessed with a new job, like are you now prepared to do that job effectively? If you say you want to be blessed with a move, like are you still holding on to all of these belongings that would make it really hard for you to get up and go when needed? If you want to be blessed with travel and a new trip, like is your passport up to date and ready to go, honey, right? Are you prepared for that blessing to come knock at your door tomorrow? And if not, You got to get there. You got to be ready at any point for that blessing to come find you because it will, but you have to be ready to receive and to act on it. And there is a lot of action that comes with manifestation to be prepared for what it is we want to receive. And then the last thing, and honestly, this is probably the hardest when it comes to manifesting, is getting out of my own way so that I can receive it. Y'all, I don't know about you, but I am like such a busy body and I can think of so many times where I have definitely blocked my own blessings. We can block our own blessings because we're so busy being busybodies and getting in the way that we don't see those blessings or we're doing the wrong work to prepare for them. So really getting out of my own way was one of the biggest ways that I had to unleash my manifesting power. And I think my move was a prime example of that. I thought that me moving was going to look so different than it ended up moving. Me finding a great job that I actually enjoy where I'm able to work remotely was not something that I thought was possible. I thought I was gonna have to take my butt down to California, like beat the pavement, knock on doors to like try and beg, borrow, and steal for a job. And when I was so focused on thinking that was how it had to be, I would have missed the opportunity that made the move actually possible. So you have to get out of your own way to allow sometimes unconventional things or sometimes things that are even better for us than what we can imagine to actually happen. So those are my thoughts on manifestation. But oh my goodness, I could talk all day long about this. I mean, I would love to do more episodes on manifestation to have either manifestation coaches. I mean, hey, even bringing Sharin back because I learned a lot about manifestation from her. So stay tuned. If manifestation is something you're interested in hearing more about, oh my goodness, I could go on all day. But I would say that those three things, identifying what it is you need, Do the work to prepare yourself for it and then get out of your own way so that what you're trying to manifest can come to you. I think at a high level are the biggest lessons I've learned and man, literally have been able to shift and evolve so much from doing those things. All right, we're getting ready to wrap this up. But first, I wanted to talk about 2020. What's next for Balanced Black Girl? I've had a lot of people ask that. And the serious answer to that is I kind of know and kind of don't know. So, on a basic level, I know that I want to continue building and serving this community. I know that I want to interview and bring incredible women to you to help you feel your best, to inspire you, to introduce you to what is possible, to teach you. Also, I'm not saying you as if you're the only one who needs to hear this. Also me, because when I'm interviewing all of these amazing women, I'm also like, teach me. I want to continue doing that because that is what I love. That's what I love about this platform. That's what I love, that I have the ability to do. So definitely more of that. And I have incredible women coming up on the show that I've already interviewed, that I'm pitching to interview. I've had incredible people pitch to be on the show that I'm excited about. So more just incredible conversations with these women where I'm like, how am I meaning you and talking to you? This is amazing. So at its core, those conversations will absolutely continue in 2020. And then for me, for 2020, in terms of Balanced Black Girl, just really being open to receiving. You know, there are so many things that I would love to do that I will be honest, y'all, today as things currently are, I simply can't do. (laughs) I would love to bring you merch and all of these incredible products. I would love to bring you events and tour around and meet each and every one of you. And just today, as I am recording this right here, right now, I do not have the support resources or infrastructure to do any of that. And I will be perfectly frank with you. However, I'm taking my own advice. And my focus right now is putting myself and balanced Black Girl in a position to receive those things so that all of that is possible, so that I can give you merch, so that we can do more events, so that we can do more with this community. And I am actively meeting people and trying to build out an infrastructure to make all of that possible. It's just something that takes time. So I would love to see more of those things come to fruition in 2020. I am praying for it. I am working really hard to make it possible. And I'm just along the theme manifesting to make it all happen. But I also want to make sure that it is the right things at the right time, because I only want to bring you the very best because you deserve it. So That is a little bit more of a woo-woo answer. It's not like, and in March, we're going to have this. And in July, we're going to have that. Um, Because I strongly believe that there are just so many great things in store for us and for this community that are beyond what I can even see yet. And I am open to any and all of that. So I know it's a little bit late, but Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being a part of this community for riding with me. I hope you enjoyed this solo episode. We have more incredible interviews coming on the way. And thank you so much for being a part of Balanced Black Girl.